Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. It's a new month, which means it's time for a new theme here on our podcast. For the month of March, we are going to be focusing on organization. Obviously, that's a very broad term, and it incorporates both physical organization along with digital organization. So we're going to try to cover as much of both of those as we can. Today, we are starting by being open and vulnerable with y'all. We are each going to share our top three mistakes when it comes to organization. But first, let's hear a TSH from Shelly Lee. So Shelly Lee says, I have been teaching for four years. I was third grade, then moved to fourth, then back to third distance learning year and called to go back to fourth again about two weeks before school began this year. And sorry, my voice, guys, is like all over. (laughs) And then was told that I'm likely to go back to third next year if numbers stay the way that they anticipate. I've been primarily planning online for the last two-ish years, but I'm struggling with how to organize for each grade level. I lose so much time trying to organize activities, exemplars, masters, masters, etc. to use again in the future. Do I do it by grade level, standard, unit, subject, month of the year? Help! (laughs) I love this TSH, Shelly, because the answer is easy. Do what works for you. (laughs) Seriously, there are no like magical correct answers when it comes to digital organization. Obviously, there are guidelines to follow, like every file should be in a folder and you should utilize what we call folderception or Mm -hmm. folders within folders. But in terms of the way you break it down, it's totally your call. If it were me, I would start with a folder for each grade level. So you'd have a third grade folder and a fourth grade folder. Within each of those folders, I would create a folder for each subject. So within the third grade folder, you'd have math, reading, science, all the subjects that you teach. Then within each of those folders, I would create another folder. That's why we call it folderception <laughs> for each marking period or each unit. It kind of depends on like how your curriculum is broken down. Yeah, I definitely agree with Michelle here. I would start with building your folders by grade level. When I first started the Mac team, um, so I teach fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, like all combined, we had the exact same issue, Shelly. So I had to organize three different curriculums and it was really challenging. As Michelle said, you want to do what works best for you, but I want to share what worked for me like as we were going through this whole process a few years ago. So like I mentioned, I built my folders for each grade level and then broke those folders down into subjects and then decided on our units or themes that you want to teach and then place them inside of there. Um, Another big help has just been creating my lessons and then placing them inside of folders so that I always have a place to reference them when I'm teaching that specific group. It is a lot of work in the very beginning, but it is definitely doable and you will be thanking yourself later on in the years when they keep switching you back and forth. I mean, bless your heart. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that is a lot, but it makes you more flexible as a teacher and, you know, bless her heart because it it is a lot to organize, but I feel like when you know that there's no right way, it kind of takes some of the pressure off. You know what I mean? (laughs) It definitely does. So back in episode 110, we shared our top time management mistakes. And we told you how people will see our videos or they'll listen to our podcasts and they think that we have it all together. But as you found out in that episode, that couldn't be further from the truth. We have made a lot of mistakes just like you. 
But we are really big on being solution driven and trying to overcome those mistakes rather than just accepting them and saying, well, you know what, this is part of who I am. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's easy for people to dismiss a strategy or advice because they believe like their situation is different or their life is different from ours, that we don't possibly understand where they're coming from. And Mm -hmm. we are full believers in trying to find solutions that work best for you. But the truth is, is that what we preach, the basis behind it, it really does work. And it works for a variety of people and a variety of lifestyles. I mean, look at Michelle and I, we have two very, very, very different lives. And yet we still do and the things that we say works. So in this episode, we are sharing some of our struggles that we've had when it comes to organization and the habits that we've had to start building in order to help fix them. I guess that means I'm going first. Going first, (laughs) lady, you're up. Okay. One mistake I have made over the years is buying random containers from random stores. So I would buy bins from the dollar store and I would buy bins from the Target dollar spot and I would buy bins from Target and then I'd buy other ones from Walmart and then I'd buy other ones from Amazon. (laughs) And while that sounds fine in practice, here were some of the issues with that. First of all, they don't match each other, which isn't a huge deal, but I will say aesthetics play a certain role within organization. Mm -hmm. If you had two spaces that were organized with bins and one space, they were all the same brand of bin and the other one, they were all mix matched automatically. The one with all the bins from the same brand, it's going to look more organized. So that may not be as important to you as it is to me, but another issue I found is If you need more bins, which I feel like I always needed more bins, like either I was changing the space. Oh, I just like hit my microphone and it started like rolling away from me. I was like, wait, come back. It was like Rose from Titanic. Come back, microphone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I would like change where I was storing some of the items within my classroom. So then I would need different bins. I would go back and they would be gone because either Mm -hmm. the store doesn't carry them anymore And then this led to a cycle of me just like, oh, well, they don't have this one, so I'm going to get this other bin. And Mm -hmm. then I'd run into the same problem a year from now. So here is what helped. I started finding two to three bin types. And by types, I I guess I really mean brands. So like Sterlite, um, certain bins from like Big Lots. I never knew what the actual brand was. I think it was just Big Lots brand. But I would find two to three different bin types and I would stick to them. I will say it's best if these brands that you choose come in different sizes and then also neutral colors. That's just going to make it easier to kind of customize them for your space. It's also best if you can find that bin type at multiple stores or if they can at least be purchased online. That way, when you do need to get new bins, you kind of have different options and you're not tied to just one place. And then obviously you want durable bins so you don't have to replace them. I'll be honest, Mm -hmm. I do not really buy bins from the dollar store unless it's the sandwich or snack containers because they just, they break. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's the truth. (laughs) So I will share some of my personal favorites. I love Sterlite clip boxes. They are a clear plastic box and they have a lid. And then on the side, there are these clips that come up 
and go over the lid so they kind of hold the lid on. They come in a bunch of different sizes, which is great because you can get like mini ones and small and all the way up to like these big deep bins. Mm -hmm. But they also are clear, which is great because you can see what's inside. And especially if you're using it to store supplies, you know how much you have left. I have ones that have like a very medium blue colored clip. It's like, I think it's called aquarium blue, but they do add different colors. Like I think right now it's a big mint. Like they have a lot of mint colors. See, that's the part that frustrates me is that they always change those colors and I'm like, stop changing the colors. Can I please just have a basic color? (laughs) I know. And that's what I will say about the Sterlite clip boxes. If you find them at like Home Depot or Lowe's, they tend to have the aquarium blue color, which is what I have, or like Big Locks sometimes carries them. But the places like Walmart and Target, they're the ones that always change the colors. Mm -hmm. So I try not to get them from there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You can obviously add a label to them. They're very durable. And then those lids allow you to stack on top of each other. I used them when I moved from, well, I used them when I moved from second grade to fourth grade. So I was moving within Maryland, like across the state, but also when I moved all the way to Texas and they held up perfectly. Like I didn't have a single one break or crack. Honestly, I love all like Sterlite bins in general. I've always had good success with them. Uh, The other bins I really like are from Big Lots. So they're black, but they carry different colors, typically during back to school time. And they're a very, very thick plastic, like super thick plastic, which is nice because that means they're durable and they don't like warp like some bins. You know how some bins kind of lose their shape. These ones are so thick. It's impossible for them to lose their shape. And they have like little holes on the side. But they come in three kind of like main sizes. There was like a small, a medium, and a large. And they were open. They don't have lids, which is great for like materials that you need easy access to. So for me, that was like my math manipulatives. Mm -hmm. I left them open so I could easily grab what I needed. Um, So kind of good news, bad news. These are fantastic bins. But like I said, you can only really find them during back to school time. They will have different colors, but I have found that they pretty much always carry black as like a standard color. Oh, that's really, That really was a good. lot. <laughs> but I mean, it's so funny like that you mentioned that. And I remember like as we were planning this out and I was like, yes, girl, thank goodness one of us said something because I feel like I also have the same problems. So mm-hmm. there are probably a lot of people sitting there listening, like nodding their heads like, yep, that's me. Like I yep. definitely have those issues. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. So you guys are not going to judge me. <laughs> so my very first um, problem that I feel like I had is when it comes to or- organization is the fact that I would tend to overbuy and hoard things. <laughs> um, I am a recovering shopper addict. <laughs> I feel like I should be in one of those sessions. Um, but I will say like before moving to a very small town, which is what I currently live in, I lived in Birmingham, Alabama. And before Birmingham, I was born and raised in Houston. I mean, two pretty big, like Birmingham isn't as big as Houston, but big places, right? And when I lived in Birmingham, guys, like I lived like pretty darn close to a Target. Not that I don't now, but it's not on my way on home right now currently like if I wanted to go to Target in Birmingham it was on my way like I literally had to go in front of the Target so I would tend to stop and I would buy like all the little things at the dollar spot right this is when the dollar spot at Target was like blowing up on Instagram and I was a kindergarten teacher then so I felt like why not I need to do it so 
I was completely wrong in all of the things like that I was doing there because I thought that they would end up lasting long. They, you know, they wouldn't. I would end up losing things. I would not even use them. I mean, Michelle, mm-hmm. the erasers. Do you remember oh my gosh. the erasers? I- you know, I was trying not to. I was trying to block it from my memory, but thank you for bringing that back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, seriously. And I felt like, you know, that tar- Target dollar spot, it was like that feeling of, oh, I need to buy it before it goes away. And they like change yes. it for the new season. And so I would like buy it and I would hoard it. And I would come home and Trent's like, what did you buy now? It was a hot mess express. Um, it's that scarcity mindset yeah. when you're worried about oh. not having enough or about it running out. That's it, it makes you want to buy it. It does. It does. So I also have this terrible ha- habit of wanting to like try things. OK, so I think there's like multiple <laughs> elements to this I, this whole thing of me overbuying things. Um, I like to try and I'm, I'm putting this in air quote, guys, because I would like to do all these little projects like let me tell you, I've tried pretty much anything and everything. So a great, great example of this is that um, Trent and I have been like cleaning out our basement bins down downstairs. And these are things that we've had since we've lived in Alabama. We've never really gone through it. And slowly but surely, we take out like one to two bins and we're like, let's just sort, let's throw, let's figure out what we're doing here. I came and crossed like one bin inside one of these giant bins, um, leather making kits, Yep, that was me. I made leather covers for planners. That was a phase. Uh huh. Sewing kits, which I still kind of sew, but let me tell you, these were like major sewing projects. Like I made all of my boys' Halloween costumes. And so there are so many different things inside of there. I made like bunting for my classroom. It's it's a whole thing. (laughs) And then I also had an abundance of like planner stickers and pins and clips and like all these little planner things. I'm like, this is the most random box of just what has Bridget tried to explore within the time that we lived in Alabama. That's basically what was there. So what helps me? One, moving away. (laughs) In all seriousness, it really did help me. Moving to a smaller place, I think um, I don't have a lot of options here. And I am not about to drive to Lancaster just to have like more options for shopping Um, because I don't want to drive that far. So not having the stores around me has helped a ton. I make a list of things um, that I need and I literally go for that from now on. Although now I feel like I have like taken a major turn and Michelle can like vouch for me because I used to be the person that used to love to go to the stores. Now it's like I don't like people and I want to move further and further and further away. (laughs) I feel like that's Um, like, thanks, COVID taught us, you know, to not want to go out into public. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't like to be around the people when it's like a super busy. So I will go really early in the morning or really late at night. I try not to go during any of the other times. So this took me like a long time to like really do as far as like creating a list and only going for it. Um, But it has been something that has definitely helped me. So creating those lists in advance and I just kind of use the notes app inside of my phone to help build that list. Um, minimizing. That is just one of the things that I felt like I have really tried to work on over the past several years. Now it is always like a a work in progress type thing, but keeping only like one of the item versus thinking that I need to have multiples of them. I think that this was like Marie Kondo who said that you only need one and then you need to go buy it if you need more. Like you don't have to have a ton of them. 
So I do not keep these items in my space anymore. I only have exactly what I need. And then if I need more, I will Amazon it because I will not go to the store. So the last thing is going to be finding things that really give me joy. And this means like slowly trashing items that I don't use or need. And because I don't shop as often, it is so much easier to do this. Um, I live truly way more simply now, although I feel like I'm looking at my office and I'm like, this is not simple <laughs> living, but I will buy the things that I know for fact I need versus just trying to buy things because I feel like everybody else on Instagram has it and therefore I have to have it. I realize now I don't need to have that. Yeah. So I've been sitting here with three fingers up okay. to remind me that I had three things to tell you. So we're going to test my memory and see if I can uh, remember what those things were. Because I'm awful at that. I I have an idea pop in my head and then it yep. leaves before I ever even say well, it. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing I was going to mention is that we were bringing up like the Target dollar spot. I blame my mom because she's the one that introduced me to the Target dollar spot really? when I was in like, oh, well, you your know, mom either does late the cards, right? Like she, yeah. would she buy things she's like also, that from there? No, no, because that's a separate like business. So that okay. stuff all came from the business. She just, she's a shopper. She loves to mm -hmm. shop like and I remember like growing up in like middle school, high school, I always thought of Target as like the fancy store. Like that was like the bougie place rather than going yep. to like yep. Walmart or Kmart or whatever. Um, next thing that I had is you mentioned like wanting to try new things. So <laughs> we should do this together. We can try new things, but it has to be items where like you don't need to like go get something for it. Mm -hmm. For example, I decided last night I want to learn how to juggle. I just think oh it would be a skill <laughs> that would come in handy, pun intended. <laughs> Do you want to know what inspired this? I was at HEB, which for those of you who are not I in Texas, -E that is it's a grocery amazing. store. The love best it. grocery store. <laughs> I was getting items for the Super Bowl, which I'm making your guac, Bridget. So Fantastic. I was getting limes and I'm holding these three limes in my hand. And I'm like, <laughs> if only I could juggle these, my life would feel so much more complete. But the great thing about that is you don't have to buy anything. Um, anyway, Billy is not supportive of that. It's a work in progress. You mentioned sewing. So I went through a huge sewing phase yeah. when I was in like... Yeah elementary middle school I learned how to sew but all I could sew were pillows and I filled up our entire hall closet with pillows and then my parents were like you're done you're done yeah you, you're not making anymore I know I know so I mean and I, I still do the trying right I still try lots of things because everybody mm -hmm. I think you especially know like I have do, done the looming which I still mm -hmm. love and I, I feel like they're really pretty and I just enjoy that so that's like when I need like something just to get me away from like tv you know social media and I need yeah. something to keep my mind busy like that's a great project to have and then um, I've been working on like these art pieces for my dining room. And it's like, I don't know, it's like a plaster art where it's like oh, a yes. textured kind of. Yes. Girl, I've bought like almost everything under the moon in order to be able to do this. So I haven't totally gotten away from it. But yeah, you know what? It's fine. Let's not judge. OK, guys, I'm a work in no, progress. No, no. no I never said I was perfect. <laughs> I No judgment. I just, you know, I was trying to think of how we can still continue that, yeah. but in a way that does not require well, my lots of stuff. Well, my mother-in-law does a lot of art stuff. So technically, yeah. 
technically like she's like a pottery studio like technically yeah. like all the stuff that i have i could technically just give to her because she didn't have some of the things that i needed um so it's it's fine it'll move i love on. the number of times you said technically within that technically statement technically. <laughs> okay Trent i'm gonna how many times i repeat words <laughs> I'm going to try to go through this faster. Um, my next mistake, <laughs> and this is out of pure laziness, if we're being completely honest, is not measuring the space that I'm trying to organize. I've done that. Okay. I was going to say, maybe it's just me, but I love buying, especially like drawer organizers, right? I love mm -hmm. everything to have a bin. I get small bins or I get like big organizers that have different compartments and I get sucked into buying them every time I see them I just get excited the issue is they often do not fit in the drawer quite right so then either it doesn't fit all together or you have that leftover space like but you can't quite fit another bin oh it's so annoying and it's because it's not the most efficient right like you you have a little bit more space and you're like but i could utilize that space but you can't fit another bin and this ties into my first mistake because then you also have a lot of mixed matched bins for your drawers because you're trying to find ones that will fit that space and it just never happens so here's my solution number one measure the space like <laughs> this is especially important for drawers but also for cabinets and for shelves obviously if you have adjustable shelves like that really helps but you need to know how wide the space is and how deep it is and then that way you can really like maximize the space and make sure that your containers aren't going to stick out once you measure you need to decide how many bins you want to fit in that area. So you can almost draw like a blueprint of what you envision the space looking like. And obviously this depends on what you're like wanting or needing to store in that area and how separated you want th things to be. So for example, are you gonna have one container for pens and you want all the pens together? Or do you want them separated by brand, right? It's just personal preference. Then you're gonna use those measurements to determine the size of containers needed and then you go find them and sometimes you have to search for example when we moved into our house i measured our bathroom drawers and they were a very strange size they're like only seven inches across and i think it's like 17 inches deep or something wow. like that and i had to really look but i finally found like a makeup organizer that perfectly fills that space so you may have to make a decision like is it more important that all the bins match or is it more important to really maximize the space and it really depends on your preferences and your needs mm -hmm. if possible you can try to find bins made for that space so does the brand make you know like shelves or, or drawers and then also containers so ikea is a great example of this they have like you know, dressers. So for example, we have, I think it's called the mom dresser. And then they also have these like boxes that go inside of the dresser and they perfectly fill the space, mm -hmm. which is so validating. And then in my office, I have the Alex drawers and then they make these like boxes that perfectly fill one of the Alex drawers. So try to do that if you can, but I know that's not always an option. Yeah. Drawer organization is something that I really want to aspire to because I feel like it's somewhat organized, but they're not completely organized. It's something that I'm working on. Um, okay, so the next thing that I feel like for me, I've made a mistake with 
is not putting things back immediately. (laughs) I have always lived in the moment. (laughs) When I cook, I am messy. When I paint, I am messy. In fact, (laughs) when I clean, I am messy (laughs) before actually getting the space clean. So it was not surprising to see that when I teach, I am also very messy. By like the end of class, there would be items like all over my desk, pens, papers, sticky notes, markers, everything, like little trinkets that kids that I've taken from kids because they're not focusing on my lesson. I felt like I would be spending about 30 minutes at the end of each day just cleaning up after myself, which is like terrible, absolutely terrible feeling. So when I realized I needed to change this, I also realized that a big reason for this goes back to like, you know, my overbuying and like hoarding situation that I've got going on Um, because I have so much stuff and I'm struggling to like maintain everything in that space. So I wanted, as James Clear says, my our friend or BFF to identify as an organized and clean person. (laughs) So here's some of the things that have helped me because I actually have done a really, really good job of this, like in my classroom and at home for the most part, (laughs) some days. So uh, the first thing is that I consciously clean as I go, right? So this was really challenging, but um, I would have to recognize when things, when I was starting to leave things on my desk. So an example is like, maybe I would have a marker in my hand and as I was placing it on the desk, I would literally in my head tell myself, no, that does not go there like spend the next 10 seconds putting it back where it belongs. It's not that hard, Bridget. I would literally have this dialogue in my head. So I would then put things back. So being just a little bit more conscious about what I'm doing in that moment versus just like nonchalantly throwing things everywhere. Getting the kids involved is another one. Um, I have also have a terrible habit of putting everything on my plate versus sharing the responsibility. Now, I have like my students help me at this point. So there is no more taking it, like doing it for them. Instead, they now help me in the process. And so I will spend, and I know like some people are like, well, you're using instructional time. I don't care. I will spend the last five minutes and I'm teaching kids how to clean and how to put things back and how to be organized. So we'll spend, you know, five, three to five minutes of at the end of class, putting things back where they go. Like this means that the desks are in the right positions because I, that's the one thing that I literally hate the most, that everything is cleaned out. We do a desk inside check. They make sure that they have all their materials. They make sure everything's picked up off the floor and it gets put back correctly. I do like a walk around, like I feel like a drill sergeant because I do like a walk around my classroom. And if I see things out of place, I'm like, nope, the pillows are not put back correctly. They're a hot mess. Somebody fix it. Nope, somebody came over here to the library, made a mess. You need to come and fix it. And we will not leave until my classroom is put back together, which is a great, great feeling. Um, The next thing that has helped me is using bins when working. So instead of taking materials out of the bins, I now place the bins in the area of the room where everyone can access the materials. This also allows students to help kind of minimize the mess. So I have um, a ton of different bins inside of my classroom. Some of them are like like pullout bins that are like automatically made for this cabinet. Then there are also Mm -hmm. some like the Sterilite bins. Whichever bin I'm using, I will take it out and place it like on a desk or in the front of the classroom and that's where the kids will grab things. So that is super helpful. And then the final thing is minimizing the stuff. (laughs) Uh, The less stuff 
I have, the less opportunity I have to be able to leave it everywhere. So I try not to stress about these things because I don't have a ton um, to like put away anymore because of the fact that I'm trying to minimize and and have less things. Um, again, it's still a work in progress because I will be honest, I don't stay after school really late to try to clean and purge things in my classroom. I think every year I kind of look at an area and I say, okay, this is the area that I'm going to focus on this year. And slowly but surely I purge it. And some of them are not perfect. And that's just something that's going to be a work in progress because I refuse to stay for multiple days to try to clean all that out. <laughs> yeah, no, I think doing a little bit at a time is... yeah. The way to go. Yeah. All right. My third and final mistake is not maximizing the space that I have. <laughs> Whether it's our classrooms or our spaces at home, I will often hear people say things like, well, must be easy to organize when you have all that space. I can't do that. And yes, it is true that it's easier to organize when you have more space, although that can also lead you to getting more stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> to fill the space. But that's another issue. But not having a lot of space is not an excuse for being unorganized. So often we find reasons that we can't and we let those reasons define us rather than finding a solution. As Billy always says, because his name is William and he'll always say where there's a will, there's a way because he used to go by will ha, at work. Ha, ha, anyway, ha, ha. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I no longer laugh when he says it because we're married and I don't have to impress him anymore. <laughs> so I have always struggled with not maximizing the space I have, which really means I'm not using it to its full potential. So thinking back to like my college dorm and my first apartments, they were all super tiny. In fact, my first year of teaching, I was renting just a bedroom at someone's house. So it was actually a lady that I worked for in college. All I had was a little bedroom. Like I didn't have any other space that was just mine. Like it was her living room. It was her kitchen. And that was really difficult. Moving on to my classrooms, I have always had a lot of cabinets, but I have also had to store things that weren't mine or I wasn't using. So for example, in fourth grade, because we were departmentalized, not every teacher taught math. And so I had to hold on to the extra math manipulatives for the reading teachers. But then for whatever reason, I also had to hold on to certain reading textbooks. I always felt like that was not fair, but I would have like a whole extra set of math manipulatives, which our math manipulatives took up an entire cabinet. So I had like a whole extra cabinet of just manipulatives I wasn't mm -hmm. using, plus all these reading textbooks, like it was a lot. So the issue wasn't the space. The issue was I had bins that did not perfectly fit the space. And so once again, I had that leftover space that wasn't being utilized. So here's what helped. This goes back to the second mistake I mentioned. mentioned. Measure the space and then find bins or organizers that perfectly fit. Try to get the most like bang for your buck, meaning the most storage for the space. Use bins with lids, that way you can stack them. And then find creative ways to store or organize things. So here are a few examples of things that I have used. When I moved to fourth grade, suddenly we had meter sticks and yardsticks. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with these? I went to the hardware store. I got a really big PVC pipe. Oh my gosh, PVC pipe. I want to say it was like five inches in diameter. And I had them cut it so it was about two feet 
tall and that sat in the corner and all of the meter and yardsticks fit inside of that. I had command hooks on the back of some of my cabinet doors in order to hang like bulletin board border. So you you can find organizers for bulletin board border, but you also can just kind of create your own clip a binder clip on the top of the border and then hang one of the little metal pieces from a command hook. Yeah, it's my I favorite had, trick. <clears throat> yeah, a great one. <laughs> it was all over Pinterest like years ago. Um, I also had mag- magnetic shelves. I'm struggling to talk this morning. My goodness. Uh, for my whiteboards, which was great because it gave me extra space, especially for books. I also had these magnetic paper sleeves for my board. So it would hold papers that either I needed to pass out or my students needed access to. And then I had a magnetic curtain rod in order to hang my anchor charts. Mm-hmm. If you have like a problem item or just an item that you find difficult to organize, I guarantee you, you are not alone. Do your research. Other people have had this issue and have probably found a solution that might work for you. And then you can also just walk around like a hardware store or Target Mm -hmm. with like your creative brain turned on. You know what I mean? Like there's the times where you walk around because you're trying to find stuff. And then there's the times where you just walk around leisurely and you start thinking of like, well, what could I use that for? Or would this work for that problem that I'm having? Sometimes we get stuck in thinking of things in only one way. And so getting like a fresh perspective in order to think creatively can be a big help. And then purge what you don't need. We've said that multiple times. I know it's difficult, but we all have items that we are holding on to that we do not use. For example, when Billy and I had our first apartment, I was hoarding paper towel rolls, like not like the little cardboard piece that goes (laughs) inside. You know what I mean? Yes. And like toilet paper rolls because I was determined to use them somehow, some way with my students. They were in every drawer that we had. They were in every empty cabinet, like everywhere. And I never used them. So recycle them. You don't need them. (laughs) No, that's a really good tip. Um, Okay, so the last mistake that I made is um, having things all over my room. I'm going to kind of explain this a little bit. So it seemed like when I first really started teaching in kindergarten, I needed a variety of stations um, to have like the same material. So like I would have mm-hmm. a small group station, then I would have my whole group station, and then I would have different like a writing station, all these like stations. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, Michelle? Yeah. Am, I, am yep. I saying this correctly? And I feel like I had tons of the same materials in all of these different spots. So there was that kind of feeling of oh man, I am going to, you know, I know I'm going to need this for this lesson or for this area in my classroom. So I need to have all of the same materials for this one spot. But then there would be occasions where I would be like, oh, I didn't refill that. And so now I have to get up and I have to walk over and I have to grab those materials because, you know, you're trying to manage like three or four different areas inside of your classroom. It's just a lot of work. Yep. So This also kind of meant that I had to remember where things went because I pretty much remember going back to that hole like I would just leave them wherever I was like I would have just all the multiple things. So when it came to me having to put things away, I couldn't remember if it went into the small group station, the whole group station, the writing, like where did it actually go? Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) Um, this also really caused me to struggle to like figure out where to place things. So I had, you know, letter items when I was teaching kindergarten, you know, we taught the letters. So I had letter items in one folder. I remember having like theme activities, like in a binder, I had games inside of a bin. 
it was literally all over. And I remember that when it came time for me to plan, I would have to go to the back closet, grab the bin. And then I would have to go inside of my classroom to one other end and grab the, the binder. And then I would have to go to the file cabinet to grab the folder. Yep. It was like it took about 10 minutes just to make sure I had everything that I needed in order to plan. <clears throat> So things were all over, causing me to spend more time. And then, you know, just to be able to organize kind of that space, those several locations around my room. And this also resulted in not even being able to put things away. And so I had this thing that's uh, that was called the bin of doom <laughs> in my closet. <laughs> and I basically would throw the things, everything in the bin of doom. And this is where it went to die because I would forget about it and I would never organize it. And so then yep. I would recreate the things that I would put into the bin of doom because it was just such a mess and so overwhelming to try and organize. Okay, so what helped me? Creating zones is a big one <clears throat> for me. Mm -hmm. Like it was Marie Kondo, like who really, really helped me with this. Um, and instead of keeping items like all over the place, I started thinking of materials and like putting them together. So I had manipulatives all in one area. I had my lesson materials all in one area uh, and so on and so forth. So like one of the solutions that I came up with is instead of having, you know, three different areas where I had the same materials um, in order to teach my lessons, I had like a caddy. And so I would just bring yeah. that caddy over. Like that's not hard. You know what I mean? Just stand up, bring the caddy, bring it to where I needed to be. So I wasn't having to organize and I didn't have like the felt like a clutter of stuff inside of my classroom. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this, <clears throat> sorry, have a, I'm going to cough real quick. <clears throat> okay. So this really limited where things went and it encouraged me to put everything away, which was so much better. And it was no more walking back and forth inside of my classroom to figure out where things were and to be able to pull materials. I started placing items together, which I found that I no longer like I like I just it was so much easier to be able to know what I needed. Um, and then I started placing all of the materials, like all in kind of in one zone. So if I knew that I was going to be teaching a letter with a sound and all of the materials that I needed, like the games, the boards, all of it started going in one spot versus me trying to pull it from multiple different areas because it was just too overwhelming and I would never put it back where it needed to go. So that's kind of my big mistake. And I think this one is the one that I've been the most proud of because it, it really was so overwhelming in kindergarten. And now I feel like I have a much better system that helps me. I mean, mainly I went digital. So there it is. <laughs> but yeah, it is a much better system because I still have materials that I have to pull for ELA. But now it's all in one spot versus me having to go to multiple like closets and locations inside of my classroom to pull things. Yeah, and I kept the zones in mind when I redid my office here at home because I had, for example, cricket materials. I had them in three different spots. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, put them all together <laughs> and find a space that will hold all of them. That way right. you're not like searching. And and it does. It saves you time. It allows you to be more efficient, allows you to better find what you need and not recreate something because you can't find it or go buy more because you don't think you have it. And then later on you find it and you're like, Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us think that, oh, well, I'm going to save myself time by making sure I have these exact same materials in all these different places so I don't have to get up and go and grab it. 
But in reality, I think we're really hurting ourselves because then you just have, you know, a clutter of stuff everywhere because you're thinking, well, that doesn't go in this spot. It goes in the other spot. And it's just very overwhelming. And I will say, I think there are certain items where that is appropriate. So for example, in my classroom, I had a dry erase eraser is like an extra large eraser. So Mm -hmm. you could like cover more space. (laughs) And I had one in the front of my classroom where my whiteboard was. Mm -hmm. And I also had one in the back of my classroom where the whiteboard was. you had two whiteboards? Oh, yeah. That is fancy. I only have one whiteboard. (laughs) I always get so upset when I see two of them. (laughs) Yeah, it it was very convenient. And I found it was better to have an eraser at both of them as opposed to like carrying it back and forth. And so I think it's just a matter of like... (sighs) Every situation is different, right? Because with something like an eraser, it's like, well, you have the ledge by the whiteboard and it's literally designed to hold it. So it's not that big of a deal to have it in both both spaces. I was trying to say spaces and spots at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, no. And I try one of the things. So another example of this is you mentioned. So I do have like a little bitty whiteboard that's next to like my meeting area. Mm -hmm. So in order to kind of differentiate between the items, because, again, it goes back to like they you have two whiteboards. I have a little bitty whiteboard where I where I sit and then I have the big whiteboard in the front of the in the classroom. Obviously, I need Expo markers for both of those whiteboards. I'm not going to get up and get go grab an Expo marker. But what I did is I differentiated between the types of Expo markers. So that way it Mm. has a clear definition. And I don't end up putting all of those Expo markers and cluttering one area. So like my front of my classroom has a really big fat Expo markers. The back of Mm -hmm. my classroom, because it's such a little whiteboard, I have smaller, like the skinny Expo markers. I that, like that. Because what, what what I found was happening is that I would grab big expo markers and then I would find like 10 or 15 of them in that small whiteboard mm-hmm. space and there was none in front of my classroom. And I'm like, where in the world did my markers go? It's because I was hoarding them all in one spot. Yeah. So now yeah. I try to create like a differentiator between the two. Um, but I'm just happy that I don't have a ton of these like little bins and baskets of all the same things. Do you know what I mean? I felt like it was just like, you know, the letter materials or the cards or, you know, I had like all these little trinkets and things just to kind of grab attention. And it just felt overwhelming to have these baskets full of pardon my stuff. Yeah. Well, I was going to say a different word, but (laughs) I know, I know (laughs) she like stopped me there, but I did. I just had so much junk everywhere and it was very, very overwhelming to sit sit there and try to organize that. So that's definitely something I wish I would have learned earlier because I would not have spent so much time cleaning up after myself. Yeah. And I mean, that's it. Those are each of our top three mistakes when it comes Mm -hmm. to organizing. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, make sure you go back and check out episode 110, which is all about our top time management mistakes. There's a theme here. Yeah, and be sure to go and check out our website and submit your TSH, your time sucking hurdle. We want to know what is sucking up all of your time right now. We can we have a link down in the show notes for you guys to go and be able to easily click that and submit it. We would also love it if you were to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified the next time we drop our new episode, which is on Thursday mornings. And please make sure to leave us a review over on iTunes. We truly do love seeing your comments and your thoughts on our podcast 
podcast. And it really does help us to get into the ears of so many other teachers out there. Um, So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.